When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Auburn Live podcast, your home for bold, insightful, and honest conversations around Auburn athletics. Where you go? All right, welcome into the Auburn Live show, the modcast. If you're not a member of AuburnLive.com, please go subscribe. Um, Seven-day free trial, as we always do. It's, uh, I would say it's a pretty good time. To go subscribe to Auburn, AuburnLive.com. There's a lot, lot, lot going on. Um, this is the modcast. We got Jeffrey Lee, Keith Niebuhr, Pink. What's up, fellas? What is up, man? We actually got an even better deal right now. I think Justin, we get that 50% off situation where you can oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. all year for half off. So, like I tell everybody in these tweets, you know, the, we, we feel like we get the best intel. We feel like we get the best overall coverage. And then, obviously, the intrigue right now is through the roof. So, it's a, it's a pretty good time to take advantage of this deal. Drama. Um, well, let's just get some thoughts on Auburn-Penn State. Um, I don't want to talk about it too much because it was so bad that uh, it's one of those losses that it, it, it isn't just a loss. Um, it, it's the kind of loss that literally has ramifications, you know, beyond just the team or the game next week or the season. I mean, it's just a, it was a bad, bad loss. Um, yeah. kind of putting it to bed before we move on to Missouri, anything, um, any, any thoughts, anything stand out, anything anybody wants to get off their chest regarding what we saw last Saturday, um, against Penn state. A lot of recruits were there. <laughs> I mean, they yep. were. They were. They they were there in droves, no doubt. I mean, that was it was good to see them have so many guys on the sidelines that they're recruiting. First of all, I, you know, I'll take a different stab at it. I think the defensive line was probably the most shocking thing to me. That was something that I don't see talked about as much, but I expected a little bit more from them just against the run, at least. You know, that was kind of shocking to me. Yeah, no, that was – there's no doubt. I think that, the, you know, one of the things, you know, for a half, Auburn looked pretty decent. And really, I mean, if uh, they could have easily been leading at the half, to be honest with you. You had the first possession of the game where you, you held them on fourth down at the 50, right around the 50, you drove down, you got down there. If you score a touchdown there, you're seven's better than three. Although that – if my memory's right, that third down play was just a disaster. Uh and then, uh, you know, there were just a, a few other miscues. But, again, 14 to 6, you're thinking, okay, let's regroup. Still in this thing. Uh, and then just the first five, six minutes of the second half was just, man, what is what happened? What happened to the team from the first half? Because Auburn did have great energy coming into the game. They, they did execute for the most part. You know, they didn't score a lot of points, but they, they were moving the ball. Uh, a lot of points, you know, different points in that game, they had more yardage than Penn State. And then – I think the fear, though, is that is this going to be something we're going to see in a lot of the, the games where, you know, they're there for a half and then 
and then they just don't have the guns to to do it in the second half. Is it players? Is it is it coaching? Is it coaching adjustments? Is it play calling? Is it all of the above? Um, and but that's that's a sign of just an average team. Now this is one game, but if you do it over the course of a few games where you're you're in it for half and then you fade away, well a lot of teams do that. You know, what the score is at halftime doesn't relevant at the final, right? The four quarter game. And so what we don't know is is this an anomaly or is this kind of what the standard's going to be this year? Uh, you know what the what they are. They are what they are. Maybe we'll see. We now have a pretty good sample size. They look good for a half against Mercer. Of course, that was Mercer guys our size were playing <laughs> playing on the Mercer team and did not look great against San Jose State, a, a, a staff that knows these guys and what they do. Um, and then now didn't look good over a four quarter game against Penn State. So there, there's some real concerns here. There's where's the you know we said this before last week. Where was the you know, we went we went over this last week, guys. Where, where when you look at this team, where are the where are the spots that give you confidence? And we couldn't come up with a lot. And that was before this game, before this Penn State game. So now we have even a greater sample size against the the most quality opponent they played this year. And we're probably we probably even feel worse about them than we did a week ago. So maybe this is what they are. I thought the uh, last possession of the second quarter and the first possession of the third quarter was all. You need to see. Hey, Auburn was moving the football right before half, fourteen to six. TJ's making some throws. I don't know if they were great, but the receivers were making catches. And then Shedrick fumbles it, and it was that was ball game. Because well, actually not really, because then you're going into half thinking Auburn's getting yeah, the ball back. Was... Auburn's getting the ball back third quarter, chance to do this again, and they go three and out, punt the football, and Penn State three plays later is done in the end zone, and it's ball game from there. That was it. Uh, the fumbles, the turnovers, I've said this on every show I've been on, including last week, the turnovers and penalties, you, you can't do that in a game like that, and Auburn did. Yeah. It was uh, it was ugly. It was You're ugly right. with, with the turnovers. You're right about the uh, – Auburn was kicking field goals and Penn State was scoring touchdowns. Yeah, those last few minutes, I mean, the shed fumble, Auburn's defense rose up and made a stop there, but but you took away a scoring opportunity and momentum, and then you come mm-hmm. out. And so I was listening to, uh, I was listening to the the Auburn radio um, coming out of halftime, and their interview with Brian Harson coming out of halftime, and he and he was like, uh, he said, you know, they said, what was your message to your team? He said, my message is we're going to come out, we get the ball first, we're going to come down, we're going to go out, we're going to score. And we're going we're gonna to go play. And that was the message. And what happened was negative nine yards on the drive, Ooh. a punt, and a Penn State touchdown like that. I mean, it couldn't have been the more, a more opposite um, thing than what Harson told the team, hey, here's what we're going to do. And literally the opposite thing happened. And I have to think that was just – it had to have been so demoralizing. Yeah, a little deflating. Yeah. And it just, yeah, it just got bad from there. Um, And the deep, yeah, I think, I think Cole, like what you said, the defensive line, some of that stuff was more frustrating. You know, the offense has got issues, but the deep, but watching the defense get run on was like, good, you know, good gracious. Like that's supposed to be the strong point. And you gave up uh, 245 on ground. And somebody was telling me, you know, they were like, well, you know, you have a defense this, lost its spirit and they're demoralized the offense isn't doing anything the score's getting out of hand <clears throat> and i get that thought and and maybe but but here's the thing penn state only ran 62 plays it's not like 
Auburn's defense was on the field for 85 or 90 plays, and they just wore out. They only were on the field 62 plays, and they gave up eight yards a play. So if they got demoralized, and, and I mean, first of all, it's not really an excuse, but if it happened, it happened real quick because they weren't on the field that often. You know, Justin, yeah. that's, a great, that's a great point. That's a kind of a lame excuse, too, and I'll tell you why. Teams win 16, 13 games every weekend where their offenses don't do jack squat, and the defense – Holds it together for four quarters, and that's how you win. People win defensive games every Saturday. And, you know, I, I'm not saying the effort wasn't there. I just – again, I, to me, I don't know about you guys. It just – I just don't think they got – I keep saying it. I don't think they got the dudes, man. That Auburn does not have the horses right now, and that's concerning too because you've had a couple of years to address this. Not with high school guys. That's hard. But with, through the portal, you know, your offensive line has – it's the same guys. It's the same, the same guys. You're asking the same guys to be significantly better from one year to the next. Um, and now I think everybody knows why Bo Nix was running around in circles and running for his life a lot of the time. Maybe, maybe, maybe when he did that, it wasn't a bad thing. You know what I mean? You know, there was, it seemed, right. like a lot of had a, seems like a lot of people had epiphanies on Saturday afternoon. The fans on our board, many of them who were very supportive of this staff, lost it in three and a half hours. Completely lost it. Um, fans came and drove, supported the hell out of that team for as long as they could, and just kind of, man, they weren't feeling it in that second half, and they left. And now you wonder, you hope, you hope that doesn't that uh, demoralization and that those epiphanies aren't reaching the players because they still got to get out there and fight and battle every week and, and play for each other and play for the staff and all that stuff. And these are good dudes. We know them all, the kids on the team, and they're going to play their hardest. But if you get a little demoralized and you're not at 100%, if you're only at 98%, boy, that 2% difference is a big difference. That's a big deal. So you wonder how, well, you wonder what their state of mind is going to be moving forward. It had to be just, they had to have been in shock in that, the fourth quarter, Justin, the players. They had to have just been in complete shock. And I do, and I do feel, I feel really bad for them. I talked to somebody this week that was around the program in 2012 and is around the program now. And uh, their comment was, this is, this has got 2012 vibes all over it. And their comment was, I feel terrible for the players. Cause you know, I don't, I don't know how, I mean, they just, they, they need to rebound this week. I mean, the thing is the players, man, they just want to play football. So like, I do think that their mindset's a little different from, from other people's that those guys just give me the next chance to put the helmet on and go play. And so, um, they need to balance back performance this week. One week could make a lot of difference in terms of just their vibe and energy. Um, won't necessarily change fans' perspective, but but for players, they they could you know one week can kind of turn them around. Um, they need it. They need it. When I hear 2012 vibes, boy, that is nightmarish stuff. Mm, yeah. Well, Justin, let me ask you this: and 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 between this team and 2012, the 2012 team, I, I didn't get to Auburn until 2013. That 12 team had the foundation for the 13 team. So there were players on that team. There was some real talent on that team. What's the, you could, could you see the light at the end of the tunnel then? Cause I, I don't necessarily see it right now. Well, it was more oh. difficult because the, the, the similarities are quarterback 2012, the quarterback yeah. situation was a disaster. Kind of like this one. I mean, by the end of the season, you had freshman Jonathan Wallace starting um, and you went through three quarterbacks. So that was, that was, that was kind of the real issue with that team. And then, you know, the, I don't want to say uh, the, the effort maybe wasn't there late in the season. You can't give up 60 at home 
to A&M and say, you know, that you're, that you're giving everything. Yeah, shut out by Georgia, shut out by Bama. So things just got out of hand with that team. But it was mostly a quarterback situation, similar to what's going on right now. Yeah, I think the offense was so terrible in 2012. But, you know, it's kind of a weird stats game on this Penn State game. The first three drives Auburn had were nine plays, ten plays, and then 12 plays. Two of those ended up in a field goal. One was an interception. I mean, they were moving the ball. They had over 400 yards of offense. As far as time of possession goes, that was pretty much even. I think it was like 50 seconds apart for each team. So, I don't know. Is it just the turnovers that's, that just messed it all up? or Because they were moving the ball. I don't remember the 2012 team having any offensive success, if I remember correctly, at all. Really bad. So, hell, look at the first drive of the of Auburn's. The defense holds Penn State at midfield on fourth down. Yeah, Crowd's going freaking crazy, man. Yeah, oh yeah, that place okay. is jumping. Auburn comes out, tank hits some eight, seven, eight yard runs. They get down there, stall in the. Uh, of course, I looked at Cole and I said, "You jinxed them." Auburn has scored eight of eight yeah. touchdowns. In the, in the in the red zone so far this season, they get down there, they score a touchdown there. I'd like to see what happened. They didn't. Penn State holds them, kicks a field goal, and you're thinking, all right, we got us a game here. Penn State answers the next drive with a touchdown. Auburn gets the ball back whenever it was, kicks a field goal. Penn State answers with a touchdown. It's 14-6. to There you go with Shed Jackson, the fumble before halftime, the the disastrous opening second-half drive, and Penn State answers with a touchdown in this ballgame. Well, yeah, I'm sitting here looking at the I'm looking, sitting here looking at the drive chart, and and you're right, this tells the story. The, these are consecutive drives: fumble, Shed Jackson, end of half, punt coming out, fumble, interception. That's that yeah. right that whole game ended in that in that stretch right there. That's the whole game turned in that stretch. And when yeah. you go back to last week, and we thought about talked about ways they needed to win. Well, we they had to. Maybe not win the turnover battle, but at least be in the turnover battle. Create a turnover. Didn't create a turnover. Didn't get a defensive touchdown. That could have changed the course of the game. Didn't really do anything significant on special teams. And then again, guys, where the hell are the big plays on offense? This isn't just a one-year thing, or this wasn't just last year. This goes back to the last regime. There's just not enough big plays. There's just not there. You gotta sometimes have that in a game like that, it, it, it may take a 60-yard touchdown play that, that nobody – it just comes out of nowhere to win a game like that. We just, what does it take to make a big play? I mean, to have a big play, what do you need? Well, you need players. Jimmy's and Joe's. You need time. Yeah. You need time to make a big play happen. And the yeah. offensive line is – I mean, they're not equipped to give, to give any – against a quality opponent, they can't. They're not giving any time. And I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know the – I don't know offensive line. I do wonder – how much they missed Nick Brahms on Saturday. I mean, um, they did. They missed him a lot because know. unfortunately, Tate Johnson was, you know, a couple of missed assignments turned into turnovers or bad, big plays. Yeah, Just a gap blitzes. I mean, look, give some credit to Manny Diaz too because he, he took advantage of the weaknesses very, very well, I thought, and uh, kept doing it. So that was something else. I thought they did a good job with that and saw it on tape and said, we're going to go right at that. Don't overcomplicate it. And let's see if they can handle it. And they, and they couldn't. So. I'm going to, I'm going to get something off my chest and I'm going to be done with the Penn state game. <laughs> TJ, TJ Finley was 11 or 19, if I'm not mistaken, 
10 of 19. One was 10 of 19. One, of, one was 11 of 19. Yeah, 11 of 19. You're right. Okay. I, and I know he he was 60% of the time running for his life. I think that was <laughs> yeah. a stat we saw somewhere. Yeah. But, but, but even time, man, don't get me wrong. He made plays. But, man, like half of, half of his completions when he had time were because the receivers made adjustments. I mean, as I said, I just don't think he's the one. Even the good plays he had. It was last week against San Jose State, and he threw this long bomb crossing around, I believe, or a post or something, to Javarius Johnson down to the 10. Well, he was second late on getting that ball to him. He threw him out of bounds. And then Johnson saved him. Landon King, say, uh, I mean, that was a great, I guess that's a great catch, but Javaris Johnson, there was several low and, you know, behind him, and Javaris makes catches. But the problem is, is who the hell is, who, who the hell are you going to put in there? I don't know. Justin, everybody wanting to see Cap, Zach Caldo. Here's, here's the thing with Calzada, and I don't know if he's going to play or not. I have no idea. Justin knows more than me about that. He's not. I've seen, he's not. I've, I've seen him in games, okay? I've seen him in games do enough to win SEC games. I, I, I've never yeah. seen T.J. Finley do that, and I don't that's care fair. what's going on in the record. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, that's why I, what I said before the season, if T.J. Finley is your guy, there's going to be problems. He's not the one. And that's why we all thought Zach Calzada was going to be the starter. Just for game performances. Hell, I don't know, man. I, I just uh, – and then the two quarterback system, uh, y'all know I, I shit on that. <laughs> and you so know why? So it, doesn't, it doesn't work. It doesn't yeah. work. TJ's dad went went public with uh, with that. He agrees with you <laughs> very much. <laughs> so um, stats and everything else from the past twenty five yeah. years. No, he's not. I mean, TJ, he is what he is. I think most people knew that, and we heard. You know, we heard different things. I mean, I was out there listening. You know, I was out there practices, and and you listen to players somehow. He's a different player. And I was like, so he's well, not going to play, huh? So Zach's out. Yes, I'm trying to think of when this is going to air. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, he's not playing. Um, he's not playing, and so it'll be Robbie and Holden. Um, and Holden's going to play against Missouri. Um. It's just what what can he do? I mean, they'll, they'll try to get him in there and probably not ask him to do too much. Like, get the ball out of your hands. Just try to get him into – you know, they're not going to – don't drop back and sit there and throw bombs. But um, – what well, do you think it's another two QB system with Holden and Garner? I mean, uh, excuse me, well, Garner and Asher? Sort of, but it won't – I don't think it's going to be similar, at least not right off the bat, just because I don't think Holden's ready to operate 50-50 with, with Robbie. I mean, maybe – but I would think first game it could it could be maybe more seventy thirty, and then and then maybe if they feel like Holden has got a grasp of what it takes to run an offense in a game and operate the things that are happening and whatever maybe that increases against LSU. But it'll be a two quarterback system to some degree Saturday. I just don't know. I just don't know. What do, you, do you think Auburn will ride Tank Bigsby? They should. Yeah, they should. I, I I've heard that's. You know, that that's a huge focus, obviously, this week. But, you know, I heard that going into Penn State. Like, what I heard going into Penn State was, hey, we're, we're going to make them feel us running the ball. That We have to do it. But what, then, happens, what happens when teams fall behind, though? They throw more. They fall behind or, you know, and I get what Brian Harson says 
hey, I get it. Team stack box, like you can't, you, you have to adjust. I get that. But, you know, knowing your skill and your personnel on offense, if you're Auburn and you're Brian Harson, and who your best player is, if there's eight men in the box, man, all right, we still got to run the ball. I mean, you can't just let a defense go drop an eight person in there and go, well, there's their eighth guy, so now we're not going to run anymore. We're only going to pass. I mean, if it's that easy to dictate what you do on offense, that doesn't mm-hmm. seem like a great game plan, especially when you know your passing game is the weaker part of your offense. I just – even well, if it it's- means your head against the wall a little bit and running the ball, I mean, try to wear on them a little bit. Um, you can't you can't give Tank no carries in the second quarter. Now Jarquez got five, but still, why why are you why in the second quarter you just not you just give Jarquez all the carries and not Tank? Like that was just well they they seem they seem to like to give it to him under center when they go with the two tight ends, which is what they had success with in the San Jose State game when they finally got the ground game going. Every single time they went under center, two tight ends, Penn State loaded the box, sent your pressure and shut it down. So there has to be variety in the way you do it. And, and like I said, when I'm going through the game and I'm, and I'm you know, scripting plays and going through and looking at the schemes, I find two run schemes every time, wide zone and mid zone, and that's pretty much all they got. I just think a little more variety could help that. You know, last week well, – well, here, here's where I was getting going to. Uh, prize picks, man. Prize <laughs> Prize pick. I believe I did pretty well on this last week. I did too, big dog. I did too. Last week I hit Sean Clifford less than 234, Nick Singleton uh, more than 48.5 rushing yards, and I took Malik Cunningham in another game of more than uh, 205 passing yards. And I hit all three with a $20 risk. I hit 100 this week. And if you're not familiar, fellas, oh, man, i got to show you what I got. Prize pick. (laughs) <laughs> that's that's awesome. my new digs uh hey so <clears throat> let me give everybody if, if you're not prize picks is a uh daily football fantasy man you pick against yourself the, the numbers actually man you can pick two to five players more or less on what they're going to do uh it's, it's it's really cool man i've uh had some, had some success so uh, i know you can too because i'm terrible uh, but anyways, and this is a uh, special right now with Auburn Live subscribers. You go in, first-time subscribers or first-time participants, they will match up to a $100 deposit. Uh, and so if you deposit $100, prize picks will match you $100. You can uh, play in Kentucky, Alabama, Florida, Texas, Georgia, and even Canada. You pick two to five players, and if they will, uh, if they score more or less in prize picks possession, projection, you will win. Whatever you pick. This is uh, so two team p- pays three times. The so three team pays five times. I won the three team last week and uh, had some fun. This is this week. I've got the Tank Bigs beat more or less seventy seven and a half rushing yards. Seventy seven. Mm-hmm. Mm. Also use that. Use the code War, War Eagle when you're signing up. War Eagle, all caps, one word uh, for the uh, for the promotion. Hundred. 100% deposit match. So I got Tank Bigsby, 77 and a half, more or less. Brady Cook, the Missouri quarterback, 197 and a half, more or less, passing yards. So those are the two plays I'm going to – I was going to go check y'all out, see what y'all thought about that. Tank, I think they're going to – after you give Tank Bigsby nine carries last week and with the Missouri defense not being um, up to snuff, 
I think I think Tank's gonna have a big game. Yeah. I think they're gonna ride the shit out of him. They have to. They have to. They have to, right? Like, I mean, <laughs> you know. And there's the thought: look, if Robbie's the primary quarterback, is there a little more zone read in there from the beginning of the game? Does that open anything up more for Tank? Does he get any more big lanes and pop off, you know, a few ten plus yard runs? It, it, it's like he better have more than that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. When I saw 77 and a half, I was thinking, I think he's going to have a 25-carry game. I, re, I mean, you got to feed this man. You brought him back for a reason. You recruited him back for a reason. And it's not to, to, to put up big numbers against Mercer and San Jose State. It's to win you games against Penn State's and SEC games. But you didn't I, recruit him back for nine carries against Penn State. I'm got, I think they're going to ride the shit out of him. I've got him more than 77 and a half against Missouri, and Auburn fans better hope so. Right? Auburn fans are going to kill me then. I'm saying under, and I'm going to tell you why. You not, you no longer have much of a passing threat. You didn't have one really before, but you really don't have one now. And uh, and Missouri, you know, again, I mean, if you're them, don't you just stack it every – I mean, make Auburn, make Ashley. Bring the heat, yeah. And and so I think I think I think Tank will probably have some pretty long runs, but I think they'll have some minus yardage runs as well because they're going to be in the backfield a good bit. I think. I think we'll see. Now Missouri thought they were going to be a pretty good team before this season if they could find a quarterback, and they're still sort of. I think he had his best game last week, but obviously that was against Abilene Christian. But um, so I, I don't know. I feel like they think the rest of their team was going to be okay. Now, they haven't been great, but I think they're going to really try to put as much pressure on that Auburn running game as possible. So I'll say I'll say under. I'll say under. Cole, what about you, man? I'm with Keith today. Okay. I'm going less. Uh, I, for some reason, something tells me that Robbie Ashford is going to be Auburn's leading rusher against mm-hmm. Missouri. I just have a gut feeling that – He's going to get in a lot of passing situations and run, kind of like Finley did on those third downs. Um, I think it would, honestly, I think it might benefit him if he did that. Uh, look for a running lane when he had a chance. So I just, I think that uh, they'll get in a situation where they're going to have to throw it some, and I think he'll run and maybe do well in that. We'll see. So I, I, I don't know if they'll use Tank as much as I, I would want them to. Mm. Uh, I'm not banking on that. Justin. Yeah, that's a that's a fair point. And if that happened, you know, Auburn could, you know, that's not a terrible scenario. Um, that's not a terrible scenario at all. I feel like he's going to bust off a couple of long ones. That's why I think he might tick over that seventy-seven and a half. And you know, maybe he doesn't carry the ball twenty-five times, but but maybe he gets a few long ones mixed in. And gets, yeah, with Robbie, with, with Robbie being the quarterback, I, I could see the carries not being twenty-five. You know, I, I was. You got a running quarterback, an option quarterback. I could see that. Also, here's something we don't know. And, again, this may be trying to think I'm smarter than I am here. But how did Hank – Tank – Hank. It's not Hank. How did Tank (laughs) – Hank – Pete Sanchez and Hank Hank Bigsby. How did (laughs) Hank handle not getting carries last week in practice and in meetings? How do you think – He might have been great. Look, he might have been been great. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, don't know. Don't know the answer to that. But – if it wasn't the response that the staff wanted from him, and Hunter, by all accounts, is a team mm. guy, right? I mean, didn't you know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, so maybe maybe they don't. I mean, to, to, how do I put this? 
It's not that Hunter didn't do anything last week, right? I mean, he 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 did okay in spurts. I mean, you know, so I, I don't know. I don't know that they're going to take carries away from Hunter. They still really like him a lot. They seem to mm-hmm. like him quite a bit. Yep. So I don't know that Tank will get 25 carries. So I don't know. I, I could see a scenario where him, Ashford, and Bigsby, excuse me, where Tank, Ashford, and Hunter all get around 15 to 17 carries. I could see something like that. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. No, I hear you. Jeffrey, let's what do, was, let's what was do Brady. Brady Cook. Yeah. Brady Cook, uh, 197 and a half passing yards, more or less. Well, he's averaging 208 a game right now. Um, you think they're going to be playing from behind? You would hope, as Auburn fans would hope, that he is playing from behind. If they're playing from behind, he probably has more passing yards, wouldn't yeah. you think? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's he's kind of uh, – I studied him a little bit this week. He's He's got sort of happy feet in the pocket where he'll jump around a little bit and get kind of out of sorts. Brady Cook. Um, of course, their pass protection has been sort of like Auburn's at times. But it's pretty accurate. I'll give him that. Especially Do they the run the ball well, Cole? Do they have any ability to run the football? They are decent at best. They, their top option at running back is an FCS transfer from Truman State. Have you heard of Truman State before? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah. Harry Truman was from Missouri, okay? <laughs> Wasn't he? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. How would they have, anybody they have, know that? They, have, they use like four or five different running backs, like in rotation. So they have some some uh, fresh legs, at least. You know. I mean, their stats are almost identical, Cole, to Auburn's. And, and uh, yeah. you know, it's amazing. It Missouri. Was- Kirksville, Missouri. Kirk. I mean, Keith. They, they pretty much run everything out of the pistol, too. So – Kind of keeps you guessing which way the running back might go. That's, that's something else that I don't know. They've had kind of similar success to Auburn. Like I mean, like I'm looking that. at I'm looking at the team stats: 32 a game for them, 26 for Auburn. Points allowed: 27 for them, 24 for Auburn. Total yeah. yards a game: 422 for them, 430 for Auburn. Yards Ooh. passed: 220 for them, 225 for Auburn. Rushing: 202 for them, 204 for Auburn. And really, a fairly similar schedule. They both had one. You know, one Power Five game. Theirs was a humiliating forty to twelve loss at Kansas State. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Auburn's was a humiliating forty-one to twelve loss <laughs> to Penn State. I mean, it's eerie how similar the numbers are uh, between well, these we, teams right now. We thought Penn State and Auburn were pretty evenly matched, but really it might be. <laughs> so did Vegas. To be fair, so did Vegas. Yep, you're right. You're right. They so who, who's taking uh, more or less one ninety-seven and a half for Bino Cook? I'm going more. I mean, Tom Brady Cook. <laughs> oh, man. More for CP's me. going more. All right. Hope. I mean, yeah, you'd have to go more. I mean, there's nothing really to, to say he's gonna, that Auburn's going to shut it down. And if it's less, then either, Auburn, either Auburn's secondary – found itself or they can't stop the run can you know they still can't stop the run i don't know i'd probably have to go more i guess going more keith yeah i'll go less i, I just think this i hear is, you big dog this is going to be a survival game for both teams i hear just you whatever it takes to win i think it's going to be in that like 24 to 22 score kind of range i know justin loves when i throw out those weird numbers but i'll say <laughs> i think he's going to come in under 
I think both teams are going to come in well under 400 yards. I probably will be dead wrong. An ugly game where two teams are trying to find their identity, trying to survive 11 a.m. kickoff where you're not really hyped up yet. You're not, you know, you're not even really awake. You know, I I just, a game of survival. So I'll say under. Well, there you have it. We've got prize picks, man. Y'all go download the app prize picks on the app store. Get in there, set your account, use War Eagle, all caps, one word as your promotion. They will match you up to $100 of your first deposit. Prize picks, baby. Prize picks. We will uh, review next week. Yeah, Jeff, put the helmet on. Can we see that? Or? <laughs> it fits my ear. <laughs> oh, it looked a lot bigger when you held it up. Oh, it did? Yeah. Yes, yes. Is there any chance I – mean, is, is there any scenario where Auburn wins this game by, you know, 17? Yes. I'd say there is. I mean, do I'm they not can they turn it around in a week and come out and just you're just like, whoa, where's this team? Where's this team been? Yeah, against uh, Missouri, I think if there was a chance to do it, it would be against Missouri. Yeah, for sure. There's also a chance they lose by 17. Uh, they're really, I mean, the yeah, there is. I mean, the way they're, yeah, I've no, I told somebody earlier, like, I don't, I don't know what to expect. I have no idea, no clue. The line is seven. The over under, yes, forty nine. I think. I think it was forty nine. It is forty nine. Looks like plus minus fifty one. You know, one of the questions is going to be, what's the mental state of these two teams right now? You know, they both had humiliating losses, but but Missouri's was a couple weeks ago, so they kind of were able to get their heads right a little bit last week, and they didn't look great, but it, you know, it was a, at least a win. Uh, and now Auburn's stinging. You know, Auburn stung from last week. So how quickly can Auburn get back to that the mental state, the place they need to be at by 11 a.m. 51 and a half. Thank you, Zach. <laughs> Well, that's and he, yeah. That I was thinking. Um, the the first quarter is massive. I mean, I think there'll still be a decent crowd there. From talking to somebody in the ticket office up there, the, the tickets are sold. Missouri's not going to bring anybody. Um, you know, Auburn fans. I think for the most part will still be there. It's just going to be a little bit of a late arriving. Like they're rolling in. It's not going to be the same kind of atmosphere. They the team. This is one where the team needs to go out there and generate um, the positive momentum in the first quarter. They're going to have to sort of ignite the fan base probably a little bit um, and get them into the game, have some good things happen. Because if they end that first quarter at 7-3 Missouri after last week, <clears throat> that's not that's that's not going to that's going to have a lot of fans, you know, kind of um, nervous in the stands, and that's going to carry over. So I think it's going to be on the team to come out and create some positive momentum, get the fans excited, be up ten to nothing, something like that. Two quick school. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry, I'm still sick. <clears throat> Be up two quick scores. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you, Justin. I think I think there's going to be a, a decent crowd there. I don't think you know I don't think it's going to be you know a bad turnout or anything. I think the the crowd will still be in it. Um. Uh, you know, that helps a little bit. Missouri's loss to Kansas State was on the road, too, in a pretty decent environment, I would call, Kansas State. So they have that going for them. Maybe that's a little better than Auburn's home loss. But, you know, I, I think the crowd will still come. I think they'll still have some energy. I don't I don't think that 
all the air is out of the balloon as far as that goes. Well, guys, you, you, everybody gets mad at me for not going on. We got a special surprise. Hey, hey! So this is hey, this is what people are paying for. Okay, not my. Are you face. in the basement? No, this is my apartment, dude. I mean, come on, look at that TV. Is there a win- other one? Mike over there collecting dust. Um, <laughs> so what I got right here. Michigan. So this is a 1988 University of Missouri football jersey. Jersey? Uh, my stepfather, who I really loved a lot, was uh, really took great care of my, my late mother before he passed away. Uh, he was a University of Missouri grad. His father, Earl Diamond, my stepfather's father, was the star halfback on the 1928 Missouri team. New York Times wrote about him. Huh. A big, big win and a big win over Northwestern in 1928. He was featured in the New York Times, Earl Diamond. Wow. So that's the jersey. So that's it. We bring these out for big ones, guys. Okay. Wow. <laughs> and uh, hold on. I got to awesome. hold on. I got to flip over to eBay. I've got this for sale over there. Hold on a second. Dude. <laughs> just, no, I'm just kidding. You can but get a shadow box for that. Well, I've always kind of been a fan of Missouri, uh, you know, from afar. It's an interesting program. Um, but if they run the ball like they did in the 1928 season, I like I like Harvard to win this week. Okay. <laughs> so, anyway, I thought I'd bring that out. Well, very cool. I mean, this game is. I mean, what are we going to get from either team? I mean, we have no idea. We the sample size of both of them suggests that. They got a lot of holes on both rosters. It's an 11 a.m. game. What's the atmosphere like? What's the energy going to be like? Who's going to have the – which team is going to is going to be there upstairs? Uh, and then who's got the better dudes? And even though I don't love Auburn's dudes, I think they've got better guys. Um, we're not even at picks yet, but I, I do think Auburn's going to figure out a way to win this game. So that's, that's where I'm at. Okay. And that's it. Bye-bye. <laughs> now everybody knows why I don't go on camera, okay? Very true. I thought it was, it was pretty good, actually. Don't feed his um, ego. <laughs> from a recruiting standpoint, um, I know you guys wrote about last week a lot. It, it seemed like a little bit of me. I mean, definitely saw some, some articles where guys were surprised, like everybody, about the result. Um what are the impressions just after that weekend talking to kids? Where do you think Auburn is? And I don't know, like if, if a coaching change happens, does it even matter where they're at after last week? I mean, where in the world is recruiting at right now? Is it hard to, is it hard to gauge or? Very, very. I, you know, believe it or not, the, it, to me, it, there's there's two stories here. There were the five-star, Quay Russell, James Smith, both saying, hey, we expected more. And that was kind of the thought, uh, the general thought or consensus, consensus among the recruits. But then it was and, – and listen, we don't know if these guys are just saying the, the right things and being polite or what they're really thinking, but all I can go off of is what they said and what they told us. And that was James Smith saying, man, this, I, my question to all these guys was, did it hurt Auburn with you? And James Smith was like, no, you know, I can come in and help. I, I, I basically, that was, that was the, uh, the general feelings about, and, and most of these guys, and those were the five-star guys that's got Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, you know, elite programs 
vying for them. I, Keith and I think we both agree. The, the, those those guys aren't wanting to come to a bottom tier or a lower tier SEC team right now. I, I just don't see it happening. I, I think it hurt Auburn with the elite guys. I think guys like DJ Chester, uh, Janoris Wilson obviously saw opportunities to play early. Gabe Harris is another guy that's coming in this weekend. For, so early opportunity, early playing time, if that's really important to you, then you, you, it was almost a good thing, right? You're looking at that the offensive line, the defensive line, and you're going, man, I, I could play next week. Or, yeah, 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 I could play next week. So it's kind of a, a wash, but again, you don't know if they're what they're really thinking. Only going off of what they said. I don't expect a huge weekend. I, I think Gabe Harris, the kid from IMG, IMG is coming this week to play Central Phoenix City, but and they'll all be at the game. But uh, I think Keith knows more about this than I do. Auburn's chances with the IMG guys. Sands, Gabe Harris is little, is not not high. So you got Ashley Williams coming in for an official visit. He's already committed, and maybe Gabe Harris. Those are basically the only two 2023 guys I could think of to keep an eye on this weekend. But the LSU night game next weekend, that should be another big weekend, another big visit weekend, another great atmosphere. So it's almost like the calm before the storm, or actually the calm after the storm and before the storm last week and next week. Keith, what did you think about the IMG guys coming this weekend? Yeah, and if I if I could backtrack for one sec, I think you hit it on the head with, with last week, and we talked about the last week's game. We talked about this last week. One game usually doesn't make a huge difference unless it's part of the greater overall picture. So for the guys that just looked at it as one game, one game loss, hey, it was just one game. I mean, teams lose. Uh, they understood that, you know, that happens. Uh, but it's the ones that are looking at the bigger picture, let's say, that, yeah. it, it, and, and if the negative chatter continues to grow and become cacophonous and, you know, just the noise is so loud that it's unavoidable, then it becomes an issue. So, uh, but yeah, this week, uh, you know, I was at Bradenton IMG Academy a couple of days ago. Auburn is really pushing hard for a Georgia edge commit, Gabriel Harris. And you think, why would they ever have a shot to flip a kid from Georgia right now? A few things working in their favor. One, Immediate playing time is there uh, with Leota and Derek Hall. He knows that. That's significant to him now. The counter to that is Georgia. Nolan Smith is playing his butt off right now for Georgia. Okay, he's going to be a first-round pick, so they're going to have they're going to have an uh, uh, opening there too. Now the difference is Georgia's been recruiting at a higher level at the edge position. They've got guys waiting in the wing. So two, his relationship with Rock Bell and Tony. We continue to hear good things about him. Um, uh, as a guy that's being able to really, you know, for all the criticism that's been out there in the ether of these guys not connecting well with kids, this guy has, Rock Bell and Tony. I don't think there's any question about that. Cole hears it. Jeffrey hears it. We all do. Um, and then thirdly, he is very good friends with Adam Hopkins, the four-star receiver from Thomasville, Georgia. They grew up together. This kid's actually from Thomasville. So he's going to reconnect with Adam. They're going to talk about Auburn, and we'll go from there. Um but IMG otherwise, it's a loaded roster. But uh, according to my intel, Auburn's not really a factor with with anybody other than um, than Gabriel Harris right now. Now, saying that, they still have 2024 starters on their team, kids in that class, and they have 2025 players. For instance, they've got a young quarterback from Pensacola that doesn't play much for them, but is is moving up the chain there. He's moving up you know, moving up the, the board. At IMG now, so he's going to be a guy we're watching closely the next couple of years. If he has a good visit this weekend, if he loves Auburn, what's close to Auburn? Pensacola, right? And so those are the guys that I'd be watching and paying attention to more than the kids in the current class, because most of those guys, the Phil Pachotti 
the big-time linebacker that Auburn loved. He committed to, to Oklahoma. You know, those guys, I think that ship has sailed for the most of those guys. But the younger guys, it'll be a significant visit. They're going to get to uh, – Justin, these guys are going to get to practice at Auburn, okay, not just go to the game. They're going to get to practice at Auburn. They're going get to get a real feel. This is IMG, one of their, I think, two big college tours this season. This is a, this is a huge opportunity – for Auburn to showcase what it has to the younger guys on that team. So even if you did have a coaching change, at least those guys would have had the experience at Auburn and see what's being built there in terms of facilities and things like that. So it's a, it's a win all the way around. I think for Auburn, they, did they not, did they come last year and play Auburn high? They did. They did. Yes. Auburn high almost won, maybe should have won. Yeah. I was, I was at the game. It was very, very close. Yeah. Actually, uh, Powell Gordon on the very first play of the game strip sacked AJ Duffy, the quarterback for IMG. And the very next play, he scored a touchdown on a pass. He caught a pass for a touchdown. I mean, Justin, they've got the number one. First of all, their whole offensive line are Division One guys. Uh, their whole defensive line are Division One guys. They're uh, one of their running backs is the number one running back in the country for next year. It's just yeah. an absolutely loaded team. They actually have four or five teams there. This isn't even the only team they have. This is their inter, their national team, I think it's called, or yeah. something like that. Then they have a varsity <laughs> team then that, that plays that, that, like a regular high school schedule. It's really an interesting thing. And they, they're tr- they they're run like a – I don't want to bore the hell out of you guys, but they're run like a college program. They've got GPS uh, trackers in their shoulder pads, so they get all the stuff. They get all the numbers, who's performing at a high level. They, they get everything. Their, their head strength coach just spent the last eight years on the Alabama Crimson Tide staff. I mean, it's – it's like a college there. But, again, if you're Auburn, you got a chance to host these young guys, give them some time. They won't have to – the Penn State game would have been worse because they wouldn't have had much time for these guys. Now they're going to have all the time in the world to, to uh, start building relationships with some of the younger dudes on that team. Yeah, it's funny, be- Keith, you were talking about Gabriel Harris and Adam Hopkins being friends. I actually found a 15-minute YouTube video where they're on, like, a game show together. Uh, or like a game show setup where they're answering questions together. So they're definitely very close. And I think Adam mentioned him when I was at his commitment ceremony too, as somebody he was going to try to get to Auburn. So well, that's good news. <clears throat> but you know, you know, Justin, Justin, you covered recruiting for a lot of years, you know, the challenge of getting kids to an 11 AM game. I mean, if you had a game Friday night, what's the last thing you want to do early Saturday morning, wake up, right? We're talking yeah. about what it is a challenge. So what you do is you use weekends like this to bring in younger kids where it's a, a bigger deal for them to come than a, a guy that's a little older, let's say. So 2024s and 25s on a, a boring you, Jeff? No. <laughs> like, I'm talking to Jeff's rolling his eyes. I'm like, oh, God. Yeah. But no, it's a great opportunity for the uh, to bring in younger kids from around the state. That yeah, Again, it's a big deal for a kid from Huntsville that's a, a sophomore to be able to go to an Auburn game, let's say. For the record, Keith, I'm not listening to anything you're saying. Hey, oh, that's even okay. worse. <laughs> uh, no, it's not. Trust me. <laughs> oh, goodness. So, yeah, final scores for this weekend. Not final score. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we can do that. We can do We can do some game Whew. thoughts, final thoughts from, from Missouri. Hey, real, real, real quick, basketball. Any basketball recruiting? I mean, that was a positive. That was awesome. <laughs> right? Yeah, that was fun, man. Great day. You should see these kids, man. It's unbelievable. They walk out of the tunnel, and it's like football what? Uh, 
you know, you had seven foot center Peyton Marshall, the number seven center in the 2024 class. You had the number one power forward in the 2024 class in Ace Bailey. You had the number five point guard in Tahad Pettiford. You had the number five, those three guys were there on official visit. Then you had the number five power forward, uh, Jaden Williams, on an unofficial visit. There were just studs everywhere. This weekend, you've got uh, LeBaron Filan, the number one player in the state of Alabama, who's a stud coming in for an official visit. Um, so you had... I'll just and all those guys were six except for Pettiford. Obviously, he's a he's a point guard. But you had Ace Bailey, you had Jaden Williams, Peyton Marshall, um, all there, and these guys were six nine to seven feet tall. And man, it's just it's impressive. And to, and to hear what these guys have, to, I think Auburn's got a real shot there with Peyton Marshall. I think they got a real shot there with Ace Bailey. I think to Hot Pettiford, he's from New Jersey. Probably going to have, but, but, you know, his favorite player was Sharif Cooper. Our Bowman's working him hard. And I think the 2024 class is going to be so much fun for Auburn fans and for myself, man. You're talking about, you know, Bruce Pearl recruits guys as Nick Saban does, as Kirby Smart does, as the Ohio States does. I mean, this they're going to go out. That 24 class should be a, a fairly large class with numbers because Auburn will be losing a lot. And I think this is going to be – they're in on – and they, they've known this for a couple of years. They've been recruiting the hell out of these guys. It's going to be a lot of fun to, to cover this 2024 class. 2023 class, uh, you know, you've got Aiden Holloway committed. You've got uh, – you know, you're still after some guys, but nothing really brewing at this time. Not a lot. Auburn won't be losing a lot after this year. But – so it won't be a big class. Maybe one more, maybe. They really don't know. So they're just kind of playing it by ear right now. Wasn't somebody on the board complaining that Bruce had lost a step in recruiting last week? I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> so, so the, uh, <laughs> the Peyton Marshall, the Peyton Marshall guy, Jeffrey, uh, seven footer. What is he like? Three fifty or whatever he is. Uh, he had a yeah, yeah, right. I thought he was an offensive tackle. I was just talking to everybody that was on the sideline. I went up to him. I noticed his name tag was a little different, but I was like, well, I got to talk to that guy. I mean, he looks like a NFL, you know, offensive tackle. So I said, oh, I said, are you a, uh, we talked for a minute. I said, are you a tackle or a guard? He goes, I'm center. I said, wow. I walked away <laughs> thinking that's the biggest center I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> oh, you got the, forgive me. I'm football minded here, you know. <laughs> well, if, if, I, if I could tell a quick story, when I was at IMG the other day, I went and watched a little basketball too. And there were college coaches uh, I don't want to say who, because that's not, yeah, they, they tell you stuff in confidence. But uh, one of the college coaches I was talking to from a major program regarding Peyton Marshall said that he, that he knew somebody that was going to, at another school, that was going to go see this guy play or, or go watch him during this current evaluation period. And that, that guy was said, nah, man, it, don't, 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 don't waste your time. It, it looks too good for Auburn right now. You know, they have to be pretty selective with who they go see. I mean, you know, you're putting a lot of time into yeah. guys. Uh, and then also the same person said that you know, Bruce really has Atlanta on lockdown. And, and that's not, I'm not saying anything that you guys don't already. Je- Justin and Jeffrey have been covering the basketball. Well, it, it, it means, uh, it means more when it's coming from another, you know, uh, yeah, another exactly. Coach. Exactly. You guys know that, but, it, but it's, yeah, you're right. When you hear it from somebody else, you know, very interesting. Yeah. He's, uh, <clears throat> he's killing it. Somebody, I was on a show this week and they asked if, um, they were just talking about Bruce Pearl, 
and I don't know if you guys could hear, there was a point in the early in that game when Bruce um, walked down to his seat in that section where recruits are, it's right below the press box. And I could hear the fans through the glass. They all started yelling, Bruce, 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 Bruce. Yeah, I heard that. Like the whole section. Like the football, I mean, it's just wild. The football game's going on, and you've got a hundred, hundred, couple hundred fans that see him walking down and turn around and start chanting his name. And They uh, were doing that before the game, and I was like, oh, no, they're they're already booing. And I, I saw Bruce. I was like, oh, okay. Bruce. Yeah. It's just <laughs> surreal. It's still surreal, I guess. I mean, even with the success the basketball program's had, it's still kind of wild. To I guess I guess in contrast to what's going on with football, it sort of makes it more of a stark contrast. But um, you're just seeing basketballs like rolling along, five star kids coming in, they're doing their thing, and football is just you know it's just it's so it's so wild to see. It really is. That's going to replace Justin. How'd you like to be the guy that's got to replace Bruce Pearl at all? (laughs) Well, I think Stephen will do a good job. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're all <laughs> that's that's good. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you're it's right, man. Ask. I mean, it blows you away. I would I would be at games the last few years, and I'd see Jeffrey down there taking photos and of, of getting the basketball guys, and it was just man, talk about a guy that gets it and utilizing big football weekends to. Oh, oh, I'll tell you, I, I look, I, I, you know, Rick talked to a couple of ACC basketball coaches the other day. And I told them, I said, man, it's amazing. When I go to these football games, I see all the basketball guys there that Bruce brings in, and they're like, yeah, we can't do that. We don't have the atmosphere. Yeah. You know, they can't. Yeah. And that, that's the one thing. Even when Auburn's down in football, it's still an incredible show. It's still an incredible place to bring people. And by the way, it's not just the basketball team. We see the track team and the golf team. They, they bring in recruits on those weekends, too. They yeah, want baseball. a spectacle. Forget about what happened on the field in the second half last week. The fans came out, man. They, mm-hmm. they, Auburn fans never don't show out. And I've noticed, I noticed that when I was a kid growing up in Florida. I mean, that was impressive, right? And uh, But Bruce, man, I'll tell you, what a <laughs> – that guy, that guy and, you, how do you not just I – mean, God, it's unbelievable. It really on is. On top of all that, you've got – you know, we talked about Phylon coming in this weekend. Jamie Shaw just actually broke the news earlier this morning that Cam Scott, who is on three's number 13 overall player in the country – Cam Scott, number one shooting guard in the country, has set an official visit for November the 11th, which just so happens to be the weekend at Texas A&M, or November 1st, we can't remember, just so happens to be the weekend at Texas A&M will, um, will be coming to town for the football. Where is he from, Cam Scott? He's from is South it, Carolina. Sounds familiar. Did he, is it, did he by chance come in this summer? He's from or? Lexington, South Carolina? Yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's from last summer. Yeah, yeah, see. he's a 24, right? 2024 kid. Yep, that kid was here last summer when you and I were up there watching camp. He was a younger yeah, kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was a little, yeah. he was a little kid. He was, I he mean, he had a Team USA thing. He was a really, you know, kind yes. of more refined athlete. Yeah, big time. I'm trying to scroll back through. He was at that elite camp, Justin, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. that we went to. Yeah. Jeffrey was one of the kids that just came in from New York. Uh, New Jersey. New Jersey. See, that, that, that's the part that maybe blows me away more than anything, that he's made this. It's not just, he's, it's, it's not just that he get, owns Atlanta. It's that he's got this pull to be able to – I mean, Jalen Green was playing ball. I don't remember where he was from, but was playing ball out at the, the, the prep school in Napa Valley, California. New Jersey. Was, Heron was from up north. I mean, it just – it kind of reminds me in a way, although I, I think Bruce's, what Bruce has done is way more impressive – of Bobby Cremens when he was at Georgia Tech. 
He, mm. he kind of made it a national brand, and they were able to get Stefan Marber and guys from all over the country to come down to the South. And and it's just, it's just, you know, it's funny. I have friends that follow other teams and are fans of other teams, and they all think they love Bruce, man. They just they think yeah. he's incredible. Of other fans of other teams, you know. Well, yeah. you got Ira Bowman, who's got. Uh, Pennsylvania, New Jersey. He's up that way. He's got connections all over uh, Philadelphia, New Jersey. And that's where some studs come out of, right? And then you've got Wes Flanagan over in Atlanta, uh, again, which has become the hotbed in the country of recruiting. And both of those guys, along with Stephen Pearl, let's don't forget about him. They're all just so likable, personable, just great dudes to talk to. And um, these kids see that. And then you've got Bruce Pearl at the helm. And just they, they love his style. He is a very player friendly style. We've all seen that. Hell, sometimes people kind of get frustrated with the, uh, the freedom he gives these players, but man, these, these players love it and it obviously works. So it's uh, it makes for a, just a great uh, environment for recruiting. And uh, I love it. I, I, since, since Bruce come on, I've, I've enjoyed it. It's, it's a lot, it's a lot more fun when you cover, the five stars and the, and the high four stars and, and Auburn actually gets some like it's, it's a lot, it's a lot uh, more enjoyable. Yeah. Oh, there's no question. <clears throat> Killing it. Um, all right. Let's do, uh, let's do some Missouri thoughts here and then we can, uh, we can roll out. Um it's funny, we all earlier were like, we have no idea what to think. Um, so I'm curious to hear what kind of what kind of score predictions we have. And if you don't want to give – I don't care about score. If you don't want to give a score, if it's like I have no freaking clue, um, whatever you think is going to happen. Um, does anybody have any, like, bold thoughts that are on top of their head? They're like, I know exactly how this thing's going to go. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Or how it needs to go. I, I just, I'm, I'll, I guess I'll start just kind of blabbering. I think, um, I'll say this, man. If, if they somehow lose, uh, if they somehow lose, I, I would be a little bit surprised if we're not covering a, a, a decision on Sunday. Uh, if they lose this game, um, I'm not sure how, I'm not sure how you go into the next week with, with your current regime. But we'll see. Um, I think that Auburn will win. I think that at times it'll look exciting if Robbie plays a lot of the game. I think there's going to be times where there's going to be some big running plays and you're going to think, you know, you're going to see flashes of some stuff. And then I think there's times where it's going to bog down. And um, I just think it's going to be that kind of game. Big plays, a little bit of stagnation, but they'll find a way to win kind of an odd game. Maybe, maybe, uh, yeah, maybe maybe 28 to 17 or 31-17. I don't know, 31-17, something like that. I, I think they'll win. I think there'll be some good moments. Um, it won't be consistent. I mean, they haven't shown anything to say they're going to go play a consistent football game on either side of the ball. So I just think they're going to have some good and bad moments, but ultimately pull it out. I'd like to think they finally get their first turnover of the season. Are we going to go into October with this defense having no turnovers? Um, That's hard to imagine. So you hope that they can at least get that going. But, yeah, maybe we'll go 31-17 Auburn. Maybe they actually hit some big plays and things go right for once. 
Keith, did you right. say you're going to stick with 26-24? No, I'm going to go. I'm going to go 24-22 Auburn. You know, weird, weird game like Justin says. It's a bat, It's a survival battle right now. Two teams trying to find who they figure out who they are, figure out who their what their identity is, and um, a, maybe a sloppy game, an ugly game. Uh, I'll take Auburn 24-22, but a, a, an ugly game. But a, but if Auburn wins, a beautiful game. In other words. <laughs> they just need a W to feel good about themselves, and and, and winning a game, a hard fought game, wouldn't wouldn't hurt anybody, I don't think. But uh, Missouri will hang around, I think. Uh, I, I mean, really, I, honestly, I think it could go either way. I do think Auburn's got a little bit more talent, but uh, <sighs> Ashford, you guys have mentioned the possibility of Ashford having some big plays. I think that's that's there. Maybe he hits one or two big passes as as Missouri lines up to stop him, and there's some. Some deception there, but uh, a, a close game. I think it'll be entertaining. It could be ugly, but I think it'll be entertaining. Cool. I'm going to give Auburn the W on this one. I think 27-21 is the score prediction. Um, I The reason, I, I just don't see a guy like Derek Hall just laying down. So I think the pass rush will be better in this one. And I, I think that they'll get to Brady Cook and, and make him uncomfortable a few times. And also, I'm kind of waiting on Keontae Scott to break one of these punts. Mm. He's he's really trying. I mean, he, he's going to go for it. He's catching it on the three-yard line. Got a lot of confidence back there. He's a, he's so, a hell of an athlete. He is. He's a confident athlete. He's got a lot yeah. of confidence. I mean, he's he's not scared to, you know, catching he's an end zone cool. running out. So I think maybe he has a big return. That kind of helps things. Uh, set up a good field position maybe once or twice. I think pass rush will be better. And uh, I think Auburn pulls it out. Whew. My turn? <laughs> I've been going back and forth, man. I'm, I'm, I'm Listen, I, I would not be surprised to see Missouri win. I, I really wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see a number of different outcomes of this game. However, yeah. Vegas always knows more than me, um, except for last weekend. No, they knew more than me. I actually had Auburn winning. Uh, no, I didn't. I had Penn State winning. Keith yeah, and I both, both had Penn State winning. We both picked Penn State. We both, I picked Penn State by one. I was only off by 30. So, I'm going to take Auburn 31-23. I'm taking Auburn minus seven over 51 and a half. I'm taking the Auburn and the over. Thirty-one twenty-three, and I don't know how. <laughs> no idea. Oh, you're right. I mean, you're 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 for Auburn to win. You're banking on them doing something they haven't done, which is right. not turn it over, and and hopefully force one. But at minimum, don't turn it over. Yeah. And they haven't they haven't played a game. I mean, mm-hmm. I had a I was told our board you know last week going back, um, in what are we at sixteen career games for Brian Harson sixteen. 13 games with a turnover. So it is, it is you, you can damn near bank on, under Brian Harson. the offense will have at least one turnover. And five of those 16, there have been multi-turnover games. Mm. So they've had more multi-turnover games than no turnover games. So, um, I guess, yeah. So the good things are looking up. Um, I guess, <laughs> oh, sorry. No, I just, yeah, I mean, that's what you're banking. You're, you're, you're trying to predict Auburn right now. It's like, well, are they going to finally not turn it over? I don't know. Like, if they don't, then I think there's some big plays to be had. And 
mean, if they don't turn the ball over against Penn State, right, they, they probably still lose that game the way their defense played. But um, they obviously scored more than six. So, I, I, you know, it's just who knows. My, my big concern for Auburn, and I think we were talking about this earlier, what if they come out flat? It's, I don't know, let's say 13-3 to 3 Missouri late in the second oh quarter. Oh, my God. You know, that, what's the mental state going to be? What's the – you know, look, we all know there's going to be boos. I mean, at that point. Um, so, you hope it doesn't get to that. Let's hope that. What, that you know. Yeah, what if it's 27-3 to 3 Auburn? Yeah, it, it very I, well could be. I, I, can't uh, rule, I couldn't rule any of these possibilities. Me neither. Out. That's what I, I was saying. Can. I could – there's everything on the spectrum right now as far as Auburn being a close winner or Miss, uh, Missouri winning closely or getting blown out or Missouri blowing them out or it being the game, a seven-point game. I could make a case for all of it. or I can, Actually, I couldn't make a case for any of it. I have no idea. Logically, I cannot justify picking Auburn 31-23 to 23 other than saying Las Vegas thinks that Auburn's a, a yeah. touchdown better. Yeah, I, I felt like I had a better handle going into last week's game than this week's game. Yeah, yeah right. I will say this. Uh, I don't see if Auburn gets behind early, if they have a slow start like they tend to do at times, they don't have the kind of offense to to fight back into the, into a game, in my opinion. Well, well, we haven't seen the offense without T.J. Finley. We have no idea. As long as they don't fall too far behind, I think you stick with the run. That's the problem. These coaches historically, a lot of these guys fall behind by 14 and panic and get yeah. away from what they do. Yep. But if they're running the ball and that's all they can do this week, then they got to stick with it, I think. you know. Sure. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was really – I thought it was an indictment last week watching that game. Robbie comes in um, in his first real drive, and I think his first four passes went to running backs. I know his first two passes were called screens, and you're just like, wow, if that's not an indication of what they think his ability is to run the offense and his ability to pass the football, I mean, it was – it took them a, a, a handful of plays. I don't know when he fi- they finally got – I think the first real opportunity that was like passing situation, drop back, throw the football, it was the pick he threw. Um, yeah. And it was like I – mean, so that worries you, the fact that they didn't come in and they can't run their normal offense. It's, it's totally different with him. And so if they don't have success running the ball early, then it's going to be a long game. If they don't come out and they don't have the ability to run the football with him and zone read, if that's a, if that's a problem, if that's hard to do um, – in that first quarter, that's going to be – it's going to be a long day for that offense, and it's going to turn into what they're talking about, Keith, which is just a – which is just like what are, an ugly, what are we watching game where you hope the defense can force some turnovers. That first quarter, I think, is just going to tell an awful, awful lot. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I am excited to go to it after all that talk. Um, it's <laughs> Me too. Um, Me too. I don't think it'll be dull. Huh? No, it won't. It won't be. I don't think. I don't think it'll be dull. Justin's what I'm saying. Yeah, no. It may not it, always be. Good. Well, look. I mean, let's see Ashford for an extended period of time. Might be interesting. Let's see Holden Gurner. Might get a first look at Holden Gurner. That's cool. I'd um, love to see that. You know, I mean, across the board, whoever we've talked to, pretty much consensus is Holden Gurner's the best passer on that football team. Um, so I'm, you know, curious to see if he gets enough of an opportunity to to show that. But beyond maybe just a stop route or a slant route, um, does he get to operate some stuff? Two minute drill? Does he, you know, can he go in there and operate something? That'd be, that'd be nice to see. That that would give that'd be a little bit optimistic. You win that game and Gurner does some good things, that'd be a nice little shot of optimism um, for the fans and the team. I think so. Yeah. It's a big weekend, I think, for the team and the players, especially with LSU coming to town the next weekend. Um, you, you, 
you're looking ahead, but you've got to go into Georgia with as much optimism as humanly possible because um, you don't want that thing to get too out of hand. All right. Well, I think we'll call it. Um, everybody go to AuburnLive.com, subscribe. Um, we appreciate everybody being a part of the community over there. Plenty of recruiting coverage coming this weekend, game coverage um, and all that, and everything in between as Auburn takes on Missouri and tries to be – look, we say all this, they could be 1-0 in the conference. They could be 1-0 in the SEC. That's a, that's a, that would be a good start in conference play. So um, we'll talk to you guys next week. See ya.